All right. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, my name is David G. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Very grateful for a recovery date of August 8th, 1994, and an emotional recovery date of October 1st, 2019. Really David, grateful. Hate to interrupt you. Can you turn on your video if you're able to? Sure can. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Really, really grateful to be here. Dennis T., thank you for your service, brother, to this meeting and all that you do for all fellowships. We're very grateful for you. We've been looking at, um, wow, this book pretty in-depth for, what, about 22 weeks now, I think. Started sometime in June, and <clears throat> here it is, December. So, again, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. It's uh, We've been through some holidays together here, and uh, I'm very grateful. Uh, man, we've looked in, looked in depth at what the problem is. When I came to this fellowship and other fellowships, I would have never imagined in a million years that my problem was not drugs, alcohol, lust, and sexual acting out. You just could not have convinced me of that. It took a long time for me to see this in the book as much as I had read the book as much as I'd studied the book and as much as I'd shared the book, <clears throat> I, I was just never really able to see it until the veil was removed in 2019. Now I had a lot of awakenings experiences along the way, but this one was absolutely life-changing because now I see what it is that truly defeats me. Now I'll run around all day and tell you self, self manifest in various ways. That's what's defeated me. But you see, it's really not the self that defeats us. It's the identification with or of self. That's what defeats us. It opens us up to its defeat. And if we can get free of that, then we are free. And by this point in the book, if we have carefully followed directions and we have done as this book has said, in step three and four and five, six and seven, <clears throat> we've made our list in eight. We've stepped out and begun to make our amends we've really begun to heal broken relationships. And, you know, that, that was always one of the biggest things is relationships were broken. We've seen it on page 82. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections are uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says sobriety is enough. And I would have been so convinced of that. <clears throat> so, now I, I understand, and I'm about to move into a phase in this development that is going to rocket me even further into that fourth dimension that Bill's talked about all along. And so we've made it to page 83. <clears throat> we've carefully looked at when to make amends and how, with who. We've seen what the risks are. Some of it's pretty serious consequences that, that, we, that we do based on the things that we did whenever we were in the identification of self. With an addiction coupled on top of that, we, we had a big problem, a very big problem. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to start on page 83 at the very bottom. I know that we talked about this some last week, but I'd like to back up and just take a close look at these promises because I don't take these very lightly at all. This is something I have worked my tail up off up to this point to get. And you can bet I want the rewards of it. And thank God I got them. <clears throat> it says, if we are painstaking, my sponsor had me to turn that word around. He said, look at it as taking pain. You're going to take a little pain <laughs> when this begins, trust me. But it says about this phase of our development, we're going to be amazed before we're halfway through. I had a guy once tell me, he said, David, the phase of your development is the 12 steps. Half of 12 is six and half of six is three. What was your experience in three? I was absolutely amazed. I was sold in three. So when it says I'm going to know, or I'm going to be amazed before I'm halfway through, <clears throat> for me, this doesn't only mean in my men's. This means this entire process, and that's exactly what's happened to me. I have been absolutely amazed. 
we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. <clears throat> now, we're going to cross-reference here some, so if you have your book and you want to follow along, please do. I'm going to slow it down a little bit on the cross-referencing so that we can give everybody a chance to catch up to that if you have your book. I'd like for you to turn over to page 75 with me for just, just a moment. And we're going to look at this new freedom and new happiness. It says we pocket our pride and we go to it, eliminating every twist of character and dark cranny of the past. Again, page 75, if you're still looking. If we've, once we've taken this step withholding nothing, there, there's the key. We are delighted. <clears throat> we can look the world in the eye. And we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears begin to fall from us. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience that's 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 powerful i mean that that's very powerful looking at now let's jump over here for just a second to page 72 if you have your book let's take a look at this page 72 top of the page having made our personal inventory what shall we do about it we've been trying to get a new attitude there it is we're not trying this anymore. Now we have it. A new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. So we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Back to page 83. <clears throat> we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it because now I see that it wasn't me. I was following the directions of something greater than me that only brought chaos and confusion to my life. That wasn't a power greater than self. See, I don't look at self as a demonic possession. I look at it as a parasitical movement. It's a mental activity that lives in the mind. I'm not going to regret that anymore. My God, I, there's things I would have told nobody about my past. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Today, I have no problem standing at the podium and talking about that if it'll help somebody else. So we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. So if you would flip back with me for just a second to page 77. Almost to the last paragraph, we're going to look at the last sentence. We go to him in a helpful and a forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill and expressing our regret. Well, once we do that, I don't have to run and hide anymore from anyone or anything. Now. I no longer regret because I cleaned that up there. I cleaned up the past in these first nine steps. This is outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. The experience happened to me. I was freed from the identification of self. I no longer wish to shut the door on that. I wish to share it. I wish to open that door, share it with everybody. It says we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. If you will, for just a second, let's flip all the way back to page eight over in Bill's story. <clears throat> now, Bill talked many times about the fourth dimension in this book. And what happened to him and many others is now happening to us if we've carefully followed directions up to this point. Last sentence, second to the last paragraph. I was soon, well, two sentences there. I was soon to be catapulted in what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. He says, I was to know happiness, peace, there it is, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful. And here's the key words, as time passes. As time passed, my experience always seemed to fade away and I needed another one pretty quick. But that's, that's not happening to me anymore because now I've cleaned up the past and I'm going to get to enjoy right here what Bill had there. I comprehend the word serenity and today I know peace. I absolutely know peace today. I do. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. I can see that now. 
I'm not just looking at that. There's a difference between looking and seeing. I was looking at it for a long time or looking for it. Today, I see it in a very powerful way. <clears throat> and it has absolutely benefited others. But I had to get honest about it. I had to step up and expose self. Thank God that happened. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Why would it not disappear? It's a feeling. Ideas, concepts, emotions, attitudes, beliefs, feelings, reasoning. This is all the self. It's a mental activity, a parasitical movement. So that feeling of uselessness and self-pity, it disappeared because it no longer exists. That's not who I am. That's not who I was. It's only who I thought it was. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. I promise you that was never me. And I promise you that was probably not very many of you guys either. If you will, for just a second, let's flip all the way back over here to the doctor's opinion. Now let's go to page 27, XXVII. And I'll give everybody just a second if you have your book and you want to follow along and jump over there. <clears throat> We're going to look at where Bill was in Towns Hospital again. And about the, let's see, one, two, three, about the fourth paragraph down. He says, many years ago, one of the leading contributors to the book, <clears throat> that's Bill, came under our care in this hospital. And while here, he acquired some keyword here, ideas that he put into practical application at once. See, we acquire those ideas as a result of doing this work and having this spiritual experience. We acquire that. It says later he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients. Here with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting. In fact, many of them are amazing, the unselfishness of these men as we have come to know them. That don't happen to people like us unless we have had an experience of the spirit. The master teacher once said this. You'll know the tree by its fruits. You can't know the tree without knowing the fruit. I promise you. And I see the fruit all over this room and everywhere I go. The fruits of what we do here shows up. And as a result of that, we get to know the tree. Beautiful, the way he outlined that when I could see what he was really saying. So I've lost interest in selfish things. I've gained interest in my fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Wow. Now, remember, back on page 25. Let's flip back over there just a second. This was the conversation that Roland Hazard had with Dr. Carl Jung. In the middle of the page, he said this. Second full paragraph down. The great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had deep and effective spiritual experience which have revolutionized our, here it is, whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Now, I know men and women that are on this call tonight who have been through this process of the work all the way up to here where we're talking about. And I can promise you they are not the same men and the same women that I met. And they were all sober when I met them. But they've had awakening from self. They have identified what the problem is because they've lost identification with self. And as a result of that and coming through this work that the way that they have, <laughs> self-seeking has slipped away and their whole attitude and outlook of own life has changed. What a beautiful promise. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know. Keywords right there. Intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. I don't have to seek a whole lot of counsel on that anymore. I still do once in a while just to make sure. <clears throat> I'm relying on the spirit now. My sponsor is a good man. I love him dearly. But I don't turn to him with everything that I have anymore. 
I go ahead and do what I do. And if I need advice, then I go to him. I do. But I realize today, like this next sentence says, we suddenly realize, and anytime I see that word suddenly, that means like right now. That's an experience. I suddenly realize that God, power, source, whatever you want to call it, is doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. I could not stay sober by myself. I couldn't put down the drink. I couldn't stop acting out. There's no way. I tried everything they told me to try. Go to meetings, write a first step, read the book, study the book, work the steps, sponsor more people, read more books, try this, try this, try this. I tried all that. None of it worked. I found big book step study process, went through it as it's outlined in the book. And this happened to me. <laughs> it says fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. And it did. I will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. I suddenly realized that God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. One the first time that our thinking is on the right track. We think not. They're being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly. That's that awakening like Bill had and so many others that we've read about in the book. Sometimes slowly. Some of us grow into it more slowly. Remember the spiritual experience in the back of the book. But there are, they will always materialize keywords right here. There is a condition if we work for them. I used to run around in the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous saying, God will work this out. No big deal. God's got me. God's got this. He's got that. Well, there's no doubt in my mind about that. There's an old timer. I'm from Oklahoma, and, and I sobered up with a lot of country boys, you know, a lot of farmers. and They would say crazy stuff like, son, if you're going to pray for potatoes, bring a hole. I'm like, why the hell would you say something like that? How does that have to do with anything? And they said, because you're going to be the one doing the digging. <laughs> and he was absolutely right. And it took me some years to see. God's going to do for me what I can't do for myself, but I promise you there's a lot of things I can do for myself. I can study this book. I can reach out to a sponsor. I can call other people. I can go to good meetings where the solution is being studied and talked about. <clears throat> you know, I can, I can step up and admit my wrongs today. I absolutely can. So if I look at the promises and I look at it with my addiction, whatever that may be, whether it be drinking, drugging, acting out, whatever it may be, and I put just a couple of words to this. This is the very same thing that happened to me when I first drank alcohol, when I first did drugs, and when I first started acting out. Back on 83, you know, it says, you know, while acting out, drinking, whatever, if I add those words to it, you know, it says I was amazed before I was halfway through with that career. Oh, I was amazed. I knew a new freedom while acting out and drinking and all that for a little while. I knew a new happiness. While drinking alcohol and doing the things I did, I did not regret the past and I wished to shut the door on it for a long time. I did not. While drinking and acting out, I comprehended the word serenity and I knew peace. No matter how far the, down the scale I'd went when I was drinking and drugging and acting out, I seen how my experience could benefit others. It was more about benefit for self. While drinking and acting out, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity always disappeared for a few minutes. While drinking and acting out, I lost interest in selfish things, and I loved all my fellows there for a while. On down the list, you could add that to it and go all the way down. The difference is I never worked the first steps of Alcoholics Anonymous outlining the big book and went to prison. Never did that. Never killed a man as a result of working the first nine steps of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Never did any of that stuff. This is the most beautiful thing, Bill said, as time passes, this is incredibly more wonderful. And that's exactly what's happened. It's not been temporary. So the same thing that I felt then, the only it went away and came back to destroy me, I get to enjoy every single day now. What a beautiful thing. Nice step promises. I don't take them for granted at all. So with that being said, let's, let's take a look at step 10. One of my favorite steps in the book. Absolutely. When I work with a man, no matter what, I don't care if he's got one day, I don't care if he's got 20 years, we're going to start right here. And people tell me, Dave, you shouldn't do that. You should not do that. These steps are laid out. 
in order for a reason. You never go to 10 without working the first night. My book tells me something absolutely different, and I missed it for years. I've read the history of Alcoholics Anonymous quite a bit. AA comes of age, Dr. Bob, the good old timers pass it on, language of the heart. They always, always started with self-examination, step 10, and prayer and meditation, step 11, always, from day one. And our book says it right here. This thought, what thought would that be? Well, obviously, the thought of working the first nine as they're outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with that thought in mind, the promise that's coming true in my life. That brings me to 10. Nothing else has brought me to 10. What this looks like now when I start with that man, whether he's got one day or 20 years, is not going to look the same to him as he does those first nine steps in the order that they're written and then approaches 10. There are two different outlooks here. This is something for him to hold on to. Now, I've learned a lot of lessons through this. Some guys, will, they'll get such a piece from this, they just want to hold on to this and not do any of the rest of the work. I've, I've made that mistake before. So when I start with a guy, you know, I always let him know what this looks like now and what that will look like then is two different ways to look at this. It says we suggest that we continue to take personal inventory and we continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. There's our amends again. So at four through nine is what's brought the awakening, <clears throat> and it absolutely has. Then it makes absolute perfect sense that we're going to work four through nine on a daily basis. And that's what 10 is, is four through nine daily. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Whoa, let's stop right there and take a look at that sentence. You don't ever start anybody in step 10, David. These are laid out in order for a reason. Now, according to that sentence, I vigorously commenced this way of living as I cleaned up the past. So as I cleaned up the past in the first nine steps, I vigorously commenced step 10 to start, not at the end. Now, people have told me people don't agree with this, and people says that's wrong. I don't care. I've got over 20 men that have recovered from sex addiction that have been sitting inside the room dying for years and got a handful of others that have recovered as well. So... I'm going to continue doing what we do here. This is beautiful. There's only five things this is asking me to do daily. Five things. That's it. So it says, <clears throat> we have entered the world of the spirit. Well, where the hell have I been up to this point if I'm just now entering the world of the spirit? Well, one, I'm preparing to enter the world of the spirit because once forgiveness is done through the work that we do here, I'm not only going to enter it, I'm going to stay there this time. Now, this is usually when the amends is finished, or at least part of the way, most of the way into it. Now, a lot of people will tell me and have told me for years, David, these are the maintenance steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I hear that in meetings everywhere I've ever went. But Charlie taught me early on to maintain something is to keep it the way it is. And this world is in a perfect order. It's always in a constant state of change. Nothing ever stays as is, ever. And this sentence <clears throat> supports that. Our next function is to grow, not maintain anything, but to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And for 25 years, I missed this. Oh, I prayed and I went to meetings and I read the book and I done what I did and I spoke from the podium and I done all these things. I wasn't growing. And effectiveness and understanding. I was living on yesterday's miracle inside of the fellowship and it was eating me alive. My life was showing it secretly on the inside and then was revealed later on. So my next function is not to maintain, but it's to grow in effectiveness and understanding. This is not an overnight matter. My guys asked me, how long are we going to do step 10? This, this sentence answers that. It should continue for a lifetime. That's how long we're going to do step 10 if I want to grow in effectiveness and understanding. If I don't, I can do what I want to do. I may stay sober at best. I'm not going to grow. And for me, that's, that's not enough. Five things it's going to ask me to do. Number one is right here. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And for guys like me, we're going to add the word lust. 
Now I'm going to start watching my thoughts and this is something I've never done. I'm uh, up to that point. I'm undisciplined there. I don't know anything about that. <clears throat> so I'm going to watch and I guarantee you when I start watching, I'm going to see a lot of things begin to crop up and wow, I never realized Somebody once told me that there's like 16,000 thoughts a day that run through the human mind. 16,000. I think for the addict, that's probably double. But if I'm not watching for these things, they're running amok on me, and I don't even know it. I'm taking action based on them, and I'm getting beat up pretty bad in life. And I'm thinking it's everybody else's fault. Man, we're running in a circle like a dog chasing his tail. <clears throat> Number one. Number two. When these crop up, not if when they're coming trust me <laughs> we've had the spiritual experience life's pretty good i love it when guys tell me man i really had no issues things are good i'm thinking hang around a little bit hang around a little bit she's not going to act right he's not going to act right they're not going to act right something's going to happen trust me but when these crop up number two we ask god at once notice that word once i circle that in my book i have everybody i work with circle that in your book at once, not after a while, not after I call my sponsor, not after I go to a meeting, by God, at once, ask God to remove them. Now, we looked at the, all of those things that we talked about and continued to watch selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. Those were the defects we spotted back over in step four, remember? Well, when we looked at that, all the way over there in the turnarounds, that's what we looked at. Now, we're going to watch for that every day. So when these crop up, we ask God wants to remove them. Remember, that's what we did with our defects of character. We were entirely ready to have God remove these, all these defects of character. Number three in the formula, we discuss them with someone. Notice this word immediately, not in a little bit, not pretty quick. He's telling me to get on top of these thoughts quick, because if you don't, you're going to take action based upon them and your reality is going to be. <laughs> anything but but nice most likely remember where we discussed these with someone immediately we did that in step five remember so we've seen four five and six right here and seven we make amends quickly there's eight and nine notice how he says quickly he says at once he says immediately he says quickly Thoughts are like a snowball. They start rolling down a hill. They're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm going to take action based on those thoughts. And I'm going to, I may not act out. I may not drink, but I'm going to cuss somebody in traffic. I'm going to tell my boss what an asshole he is to his face. I mean, I'm crazy like that. I do stuff like that all the time. Trust me. <laughs> and I'm getting better at it because of this right here. Make amends quickly. If I've snapped at her, I, I need to apologize for that. If I've made somebody feel less than because of something I said, I need to clean that up quickly, not in a little bit, not in a few days, whatever. So four through nine right there. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And for me, that is probably the most important part of this entire process right here. I don't even have to help anyone. That's not asking me to help anyone. I don't see that there. But I must turn my thoughts to helping someone. My boss lives in Kansas. I live in Oklahoma. That's about 300 miles in distance. One day we was on the phone and we had a heated argument. This isn't uncommon for me and him in the beginning. By now, I'm beginning to practice step 10 pretty good. <clears throat> and um, I spot resentment coming on quick. I, I start to see it. Because I'm watching. And all of a sudden, I told him, I said, look, I need to back off the phone for just a few minutes. Give me a couple minutes. I'll call you back. Uh, phone, here's what I did. I asked God at once to remove that. God, please remove that resentment. I don't want it. It's going to be ugly, and I know it, and I don't want it. I posted a 10 step. <clears throat> we do that through a WhatsApp group. Now, if it's something real serious, we pick up the phone and call. We don't play around with that at all. But if it's just a thought and we're watching, we've got now a system that we use through our 10th step. And there's about 20 of us that stay accountable to those thoughts all day long. 
And so I discussed it there. I, I didn't know on amends. Thankfully, I hadn't said anything that brought harm. But here's what I did. I turned my thoughts to Washington, cleaning his car and waxing it so that he and his family could go on a nice vacation in a clean car. He even filled it up in my head. Now, the chances of me cleaning, washing, waxing his car and filling it up, whether he lived one mile, 300 miles, or one mile, that probably ain't going to happen, ever. It don't have to happen. All I need to do is turn my thoughts in that direction. And that's what I did. And when I did, it took the power out of that resentment. I was able to call that man back. I said I got a little heated while ago. I backed off the phone to keep from bringing any harm. All was well. We cleaned it up. We went on about our day peacefully. <clears throat> when lust hits, it's the same thing. I spot that immediately. That don't come around hardly anymore as a result of doing this right here. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. But I absolutely ask God at once to remove that. Discuss it with someone immediately. Throw out a 10-step on it. Turn my thoughts to someone I can help. I pray for them women, their families, their children, whatever. I turn my thoughts to something I can do for them. I had one guy, he would 10-step. He would do things like, in his mind, he'd mow somebody's grass in the summertime that he disliked. He would give money to a homeless man and feed him. There's lots of ways I can turn my thoughts to help someone else. Lots and lots of ways. It's only asking me to do five things here daily. And if you mark those as we've been along, look at it. Watch. <laughs> one of the biggest ones. Number one. Watch. Number two. Ask. Number three. Discuss. Number four. Apologize. Make amends quickly. And number five. Turn your thoughts, turn your thoughts, turn your thoughts. One of the writers of the New Testament, he would say this all the time. Turn your thoughts, turn your thoughts, turn your thoughts, turn your thoughts. Everything was turn your thoughts. When it came to lust, he was like, flee, flee, get the hell out of there, quick. So I see that this is the key to my daily emotional sobriety right here. And I've never seen this in all those years. Look at the beautiful promises if I will do what this is asking me to do. Love and tolerance of others is our code. If you look up the word code in the dictionary, and I encourage anybody that doesn't have a 1913 dictionary to download that on your phone and get it. I have all my guys do it, no matter what. That word just means principles. That's all code is. It's, it's a set of principles. We have ceased fighting anything, anyone, even alcohol, lust, acting out, eating, whatever the trouble may be. And I'm not fighting that no more. Thank God I used to fight that every single day. For by this time, sanity will have returned. What was the second step promise? We came to believe that this power greater than self could restore us to sanity. Here it is. We're restored. We're connected back to the power now. We're no longer running around in the dark. We're in the sunlight of the spirit. Sanity has returned. We're whole. Damn it. For the first time in my life, I'm whole. <laughs> and I've got a message to carry now, and it's like, wow, what do I do with all this? And so it says, I, I will seldom be interested in liquor, lust, whatever it is. Oh, my God, how powerful is that? Seldom. Every now and again, but that's pretty seldom. If tempted, we recall, that's a reaction, not a choice. That's a reaction. I recall as from a hot flame. And if you remember... And I, I think it was all the way back over there on page 24 where it talks about, you know, the hot stove. On page 24, it's about the, the second full paragraph down, almost the last sentence. It says there is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. I no longer go out there and burn my life and everybody else to the ground. I recall from that crap now. I was sitting on my couch one night. There was a text came through from a woman that I used to know. I said, hey, David, I'd like to see you get together. Oh, man, I used to live for texts like that to come through. Oh, my God. Man, I backed off of that quick. 
I seen lust. I spotted it. I did exactly the five formula right there on in step 10. I spotted it. I asked God to remove it. I discussed it with my wife immediately, like right then. Um, you know, I, I posted the 10th step on it. I didn't want amends on that deal because I didn't react. I turned my thoughts to someone I could help. I thought about her husband. He's a good friend of mine. And I just thought, wow, there was a day that I'd absolutely been all over that deal. Man, I recall from that. It was like I got to, like the writer of the New Testament, flee, get the hell out of there. And that's exactly what I did. And I'd never done that, ever. So it says we react sanely and normally. That's not a choice. If I'm going to react, this is how I want to react. I want to react in the ways that I used to. I want to react sanely and normally, and that's how I will act. Hell, I'm not choosing to act that way. That's something that's happened to me now. We will find that this will happen. This has happened automatically. And nothing I did other than went through this process. We will see, there it is again, if I can see there's that vision that we're talking about. How our new attitude toward liquor has been given us. Remember, again, on page 72, that's what we were trying to do as a result of doing the inventory. Now it's, it's came to fruition. It's, it's complete. It's here. Look at what it says. Without any thought or effort, that's our will and our life, any thought or effort on our part, it just comes. The spirit brings that now. I'm not relying on self anymore. There's no thought or effort there at all. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. There it is again. I'm not fighting that head anymore. Neither am I avoiding temptation. Now, I'm not walking into it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to stand in front of a loaded gun. <clears throat> I'm an addict. But I'm not avoiding temptation today. I'm not. I'm not going to sit down and watch, not watch a movie with my wife because there might be something on there. Oh, my God, I can't see anything like that. God, get it off. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and look at it and go, and go into fantasy and all that shit anymore either. But I'm just saying I'm not avoiding that. I once heard a sex addict share at a meeting said, I can't even go to the beach. I'll never go to the beach again in my life because women are down there in bikini. Buddy, you're not free. You're not free. I mean, we ain't going to go down there and stand in front of a loaded gun, don't get me wrong, but I damn sure am not going to avoid going down there. I took my grandchildren to a water park two years ago. I was accountable the whole time that I was there. I kept custody of my eyes, I, and this right here had happened to me. I had no trouble. Would I go to that water park every week? Hell no, I wouldn't. But will I go if those kids want to go? You bet you. We'll go again this year. And so... <clears throat> It says we feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. That's something far beyond a choice, way beyond a choice. That's far beyond a belief. When it says we came to believe, hell, we already came to believe a long time ago about that. But it says that something greater than self could restore me to sanity. I'm restored to sanity now. I did not place myself in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I could have never done that under the direction of self. I just could not have done that. I tried. It did never worked. I've been placed there as a result of that. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. The problem never was alcohol. It never was lust. It never was sex. It never was any of that stuff. Remember, all the way back over on page 45, <clears throat> let's, take a, let's take a quick look and run, run over there right quick. Give everybody just a second to get there if you got your book. <clears throat> lack of power. That's my dilemma. Not lack of choice or belief or trust or courage or none of that. Lack of power. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than self, obviously, but where and how are we going to find the power? That's what I'm missing. Well, that's exactly what the book's about, not the fellowship, not the sponsor. Those are all things I have to have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But that's what the book's about. The main object of this book is to enable David to find a power greater than self. 
which will solve his problem. Not help him, not send him somewhere. This power will solve the problem. Over here, it's solved it. 85. We feel as though we've been placed in position neutrality, safe and protected, not from drugs, alcohol, lust, none of that, but from the thoughts that send us to that. That's what we've been placed in position neutrality, safe and protected from. <clears throat> we have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. Man, that is beautiful. Thank God for that. It does not exist for us, or as I like to say, the problem no longer exists as us. Self shows up as me. I identify with it. I take on its role. I begin to act. And the next thing you know, my life's in shambles. And I can't figure out why. We're neither cocky nor afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in. And here is a condition. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And we've seen that. Remember, on page 77, and we've looked at that once already, but let's take a look at it one more time at the top of the page. We might prejudice them at the moment we're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not in and itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And as long as we do that, <clears throat> in the way that this is outlined, now that I've worked the first nine steps, I've received the promises. I've moved into 10. I'm working 10 on on a daily basis, much more thorough than I ever did whenever I was using it through the process. Now, all of this has come true, but that is a condition. And so one of the few times that this book says that this program is easy is in this sentence right here. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. That's four through nine. I've got guys that will start slacking up on 10 and 11. They'll quit sending tents. They'll start slacking on nightly reviews that we do by email. And I guarantee you it's not very long before the thinking comes back. You're not going to believe what my wife done to me. You're not going to believe what my coworkers have done. You're not going to believe all the things that I've been into. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to believe it because you rested on the, on the program of action. We're not the victim here. Give me just one second. Could you excuse me just one second, please? Five minutes. Uh, okay, David, I got you. All righty. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. So it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action, steps four through nine, and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble if we do. That's a promise. Trust me. We may not get drunk. We may not get high, and we may not act out. But I promise you, we're headed for some kind of an emotional trouble. For alcohol, drugs, lust, whatever it may be, that's a subtle foe. We're not cured. We're recovered, but we're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is daily reprieve contention on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's what we're looking. And if you remember back on page 66, it, it talks about that middle of the page. But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, there's maintenance and there is growth both. But for me to try to maintain something without adding the growth, it never works. It's never worked, and it will never work for me. Every day is a day. Well, what we really have is a daily reprieve, condition on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day. See, this is what tense, the tenth step is. People tell me all the time I hear in meetings. I did the tenth step nightly review. That's not the tenth step. The nightly review is absolutely not in the 10th step. If you look at the bottom of the page, it says step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. And then you start falling into the nightly review, which we will do next week. But notice what it says. Every day is the day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. 
how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts. Keyword right there. Remember how our thoughts beat us to death? They're not doing that anymore. Look at how they are now. We're on a higher system of thought. I suffer. I'm, I'm two system of thoughts all the time, either, either low or high. Here, we're on the high. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. That's a direction. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish is the proper use of the will. They told me when I come to Alcoholics Anonymous, willpower will never serve you again, David. You and Will are finished. You guys, your friendship is over. Willpower is no good in your life. That's a lie. That is a lie. Maybe then, but not now. Tells me right there. I can exercise my willpower along this line. All I wish. That's the proper use of the will. It's been given back. What a beautiful promise. Anybody that hasn't done this work, I encourage you. No matter how long you're sober, no matter how long you've been around, if you've not been into this process the way that we've discussed it for 22 plus weeks now, or whatever it's been, I promise you, this is an awakening that we don't want to miss. I can't live without it today. I used to think time, I, I don't have time to do that 10 step like that. I don't have time to do that 11 step. I promise you today, brothers and sisters, I don't have time not to do it. Because if I don't, this thing's coming back. Trust me. The mind is the forerunner of all things. All things. So I can't say it enough. You know, I can pay attention to my thoughts all day long, or I can recognize them, and I can turn those thoughts elsewhere. And I can move on with the rest of my life. And that's what 1011 does for me. So I'm very grateful to be here and have shared tonight. Dennis, thank you for your service, brother. And Ashley, thank you as well. Glad to be here. This concludes David's share on tonight's chapter, but we encourage you to keep listening as he answers questions from the audience and shares additional experience, strength, and hope. I've been uh, willing to ask this question for a while now. Page 77 says our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. I always thought that our real purpose was to be of maximum service, but then somebody caught my attention to the fact that our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service and i don't really understand what this word fit means in this context so i would like some uh, explanation of what it means to fit ourselves to be of maximum service thank you yeah thank you maria really glad that you're here tonight <clears throat> here's my experience with that because i was the same as you i went around for years saying that our real purpose, you know, is to be of maximum service. And then it was pointed to my attention to fit. And so I pondered this question for a long time. Now, I know in order to be physically fit, there are things that I'm going to have to do in order for my purpose to be, for me to be healthy. A soldier, he gets fit for duty so that when the mission comes up, he goes to war, whatever it may be, he's fit. He's ready for that. So for me, in this context, my real purpose is to fit myself with these spiritual principles as outlined in the book so that I can be of maximum service to God and the people about us because I'm going to sponsor a lot of people once this awakening takes place. I'm going to talk to a lot of people, but if I'm not spiritually fit to do that, I may be of service, but I'm not going to be of maximum service because I'm not in fit condition to do that. So I don't know if that helps you, but that's my experience with the question you just asked. Um, there was two things, um, if you don't mind just expounding on if you can. One thing you said early on about self being a parasitical movement. I found I found that quite a quite an interesting way to put it, if you don't mind just explaining a little bit more about that. And then the second thing was I'd always wondered what the flag behind you said, and when you went up and went outside, I could actually see what it said, so that was kind of cool. Anyway, thank you. Right on. Thank you, brother. Good to see you, <clears throat> as always. So self is like a parasite. I mean, a parasite is something that just eats away at whatever it is. 
And that's kind of what that does to me and my thoughts. So when I call it a parasitical movement, it's just kind of like something that's constantly moving in my mind. When I'm caught up in addiction or I'm caught up in a crisis of life and I don't really know what's happening. Or I think I do, but it's it's pretty clear that I don't. So for me, you know, a parasitical movement is just something that is constantly eating away at my mind. And that's what self does. or That's what it did for so long until I got eyes on it, discovered what it was, and then was able to watch it, call it out like we did in step 10 there a while ago. So that's my answer to that. The flag behind me is the Great Seal of the Choctaw Nation. I'm, I'm Native American in Oklahoma. My tribe is Choctaw and Cherokee, but mainly Choctaw. And so I'm half Choctaw and half Cherokee in between the two of full blood. And so I practice Native ways a lot with my spirituality. And um, that's been something that I've done ever since day one. I'm very, these guys, the last time I've been to treatment, a hundred times it seemed like. And this last time they took me and taught me Native American ways. And taught me how to look at the big book in the ways that I look at it today, but also to take the ways and connect with that. And so I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very proud member of that tribe. So that's something that I that I just put up behind me there, you know, just to kind of show my appreciation to them. So anyway, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Jake. Um. If anyone else doesn't have a question, I will ask one. Something jumped out at me tonight that I haven't seen. So you talked about on 84 that, you know, our next function is to grow. Um, so then on 85, it's talking about it's our daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So if step 10 isn't our, isn't our maintenance step, then what is? Or maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah, I think so, because, you know, like I said, to, to maintain something is to keep it the way it is. I'm just going to maintain whatever that is. But when it says over here on 85 that, you know, it's contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, for me, that's not like I do maintenance like I would to my vehicle to keep that running. That's contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. So. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that stuff like I would with my vehicle, but that's not that's not what's going to make my spiritual life, my condition, whatever you want to call it, flower and prosper. That doing step ten the way that it calls for, because I promise you, if you tried to do step ten the way you did when you come in here a year ago, what it looked like then. And what it looks like now, would you think that that was two different ways that it looked? I guarantee it was. And so if you would have maintained what you had then at a year, you would have never grown into the place where you're at now, me either. And so for me, you know, that word, I, you know, I don't know, it's thrown out a lot in the fellowship. But for me, it's about growing in an understanding and effectiveness, not maintaining anything. 